for the turkey he had killed and cooked it over an open fire and lived on that while he worked on the crosses. Grief and barely controlled panic tore at his heart and boiled just below the surface of his mind, threatening to explode. He moved about in a dazed awareness, his mind a mass of tangled, confused thoughts. He was having trouble sorting things out, deciding what to do next. He was tired, so tired. He curled into a fetal position beside the mound of fresh dirt and stared up at a pale blue sky for a long time. Finally, exhaustion took control of his body and he slept. Cody awoke. It was coming day. He had slept the night away. He sat up and crossed his legs, leaned his elbows on his knees, and stared off into eternity for a good long time. His mind swirled in a jumbled maze of thoughts. He had no home, no family, no money, nothing. What would he do? Where would he go? How would he live? Who could he turn to for help? He was alone, the last one left of his family. His ma and pa were dead, and most likely his big brother was dead, too, since they hadn't heard from him for over a year. These and a thousand other questions went unanswered in his young and confused mind. Finally, he tried to blink reality into focus. He let his slow gaze survey his surroundings. The Indians took everything, and what they hadn't taken they destroyed. The two Cordell horses, two mules, and even Sadie, their milk cow, was gone. They killed Collie, Cody's dog. Cody buried him near Mon Pa, since he was like part of the family and all. All he had left were the clothes on his back, a pocket knife, and his pa's double-barreled shotgun with four shells. It was ten miles to the Johnson place, their nearest neighbor, and another ten to the isolated Hondo trading post down on the Hondo River. In the other direction, it was forty miles to San Antonio, the nearest town. One thing for sure, he couldn't stay here. The Indians might come back. What good would four shotgun shells do against a pack of murdering savages? No, there was nothing or no one left for him here. He had to move on to somewhere, but where? Deciding, he pushed to his feet. He would walk to the Johnson place. Mr. Johnson was a good man and would know what to do. Besides, he hadn't seen Sarah Johnson in a long while. A picture of her flashed into his mind and stayed there for a time. Having made up his mind, Cody rummaged around what was left of the barn and found an empty fruit jar with a rusty lid. He washed it in the water trough and tied a length of wire around the neck so he could carry his makeshift canteen over his shoulder. After he drew a fresh bucket of water from the dug well, he filled the fruit jar, drank its contents, and refilled it. It'd be a long, hot walk through the desert country between their house and the Johnsons' place. He stuffed what was left of the cooked turkey, which wasn't much, into a pocket of his bib overalls and retied one of his broken work shoes. He draped the wire, holding his jar of water over a bare shoulder. He was shirtless, 
since he'd used his shirt to cover his ma and pa's faces during the burying. Taking one more look around and deciding he hadn't forgotten anything, he picked up his shotgun and patted his right front pocket that contained his four shells. He struck out. Walking half the morning away, he figured he was near halfway to the Johnson home. The March sun was blazing. It cooked into the sandy soil of the desert countryside and made life near unbearable for man or beast. Gnarly mesquite bushes, thorny cactus, yucca plants, and groves of stunted cedar clung to sandy terrain or the rock-strewn low hills that hugged both sides of the road. Up ahead he saw a group of large vultures circling low beyond a line of hills. They floated on wide wings in an ever-descending spiral. Something was dead up ahead.